that concept you know becomes a bit more complicated in the food and beverages in the meat and the poultry business that really where it becomes an issue um, especially when you know you're reconciling afterwards you buy a chicken and you, it's more of a reverse bomb and you have to reconcile afterwards what's the actual weight how much you're going to pay uh, your vendors based on the weight while you're buying each of chicken right um, that's where it becomes more complicated uh, in the food and beverage industry Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Dimensional inventory is more than just a bunch of attributes at the product level. It affects how the items are created, planned, and tracked. Using an ERP system without the proper support for dimensional inventory might result in planning issues. It might also result in ad hoc processes and increased admin effort in correlating dimensions on top of raw data. So what are the best practices when it comes to dimensional inventory? In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to discuss dimensional inventory best practices. We discussed how dimensional or matrix inventory differs in various industries as well as why systems not designed for dimensional inventory may lead to increased admin efforts. Finally, we discussed the impact of matrix inventory on planning, merchandising, shop floor, warehouse, and logistics. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our digital transformation series for which we meet every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one topic related to digital transformation and we always have an expert panel for today. We have a very interesting topic. It's uh, called dimensional inventory or matrix inventory or there might be too many dimensions, I guess. You know, Chuck is going to about that. And everybody is going to be building on that. So we are going to have a lot of fun. We are going to start with everybody's intros. And then we are going to go right to the topic. So if you don't know me, I am your host, Sam Gupta, principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to Chuck for his intro. Hello, hello. My name is Chuck Cox. I'm Director of Sales and Marketing for Turnkey Technology, full-service uh, Microsoft Dynamics ERP consultant and 35-year manufacturing, sales, marketing, organizational professional. And I'm going to go back into my for the 35 years started with a story today. And this is going to be so much fun. Thank you so much for being here, Chuck. Um, Abu, uh, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Sure, absolutely. My name is Abu. I'm the president and founder for Penny. We are a Sage X3 partner and we have been helping companies transform their distribution, industrial manufacturing, food and beverage business for the last 12 years. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Abu. Uh, Tom, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Gladly, Sam. And hi, everybody. 
My name is Tom Rodden. I am a longtime IT professional, uh, now about uh, 25 years, and um, about half of that was consulting. And I'll be drawing upon maybe like Chuck and, and others, I'll be drawing upon my, my consulting days a little bit more than my uh, most recent uh, position as CIO at Marion Medical Systems, where it was a life science uh, med device company. And this topic of dimensional inventory was not relevant. But in some of my other consulting engagements, it was. And uh, I think this is a fascinating topic, as you said, Sam. Um, so looking forward to it. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Sharon, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Hey, uh, glad to be here. My name is, I'm an inventory optimal consultant in Pro. And my mission is to help business to manage their workflow, inventory, and increase their cash flow and profitability. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Sharon. And if you're in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show. If you run out of time, our panelists are going to make sure that you get your answers. On that note, Chuck, I am going to start with the first question. And as we were discussing in the pre-show, there are many layers to dimensional inventory and every industry is going to have very different understanding and expectations of the matrix inventory. Now, I have seen crazy scenarios when it comes to the real execution. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you are going to have a system that is going to be compliant with the inventory that you are planning, that you are carrying, that you are manufacturing, distributing, detailing, whatever you are doing with it. If you have that system, then you are probably going to be okay. Otherwise, you probably need to work very, very, very hard. So uh, <laughs> I'll let you start, you know, whatever stories or uh, commentary you have, Jack. Well, yeah. So it was interesting when we first we heard about this topic, my brain went two completely different directions, right? The first dimension, dimensional inventory, we think about um, we think about mechanical dimension, okay? In the ARP yep. system, you have an inch, you have an inch, you have a foot, you have a pallet, okay? You have a length, okay? A length could be 20 feet one piece or you could have one that's a length that's uh, of 10 feet it's still one piece depending on how the vendors might sell it and i've experienced all of those things and then there's also another layer and that is dim inventory dimension which starts to look at other aspects of dimensional inventory it's a different dimension of the different definition of the word dimension okay it, it's it's a it's a it's a modeling word okay it could be configuration color in addition to size okay you might create a an inventory dimension that is around information that's pertinent to your warehouse okay or pertinent to way that you might track the inventory or something to that effect i don't want to go too far afield because there's so much to talk here and i'll go on forever so I'm just going to start by talking about something that happened before I even got into the career world. Believe it or not, I had a summer job and my job was to program a system to optimize the use of, a of pieces out of a sheet of plywood. They used to build cabinets and then what they would do is the, I, I built a system, a, a, a program to say, okay, I need these pieces of this dimension. They're kind of going to port my four by eight sheets. What's the maximum utilization I can get out of this piece of plywood? and minimize waste. And this is a big problem in dimensional inventory, okay? You come with one sheet of plywood with standard dimensions in the US of four feet by eight feet, okay? But you need to minimize your waste. And so the only way to do is either sit there and put a whole lot of work into it with a you know pen and paper and draw on that sucker, or you figure out some set of calculations, which by the way, there's no way in heck I remember, okay? 
in order to do that. And of course, that's doable, but that's some sort of add-on optimization specialized for that cabinet industry. And of course, it'll apply. Likewise, you know, there are, there are things where they might sell lengths of tube and they sell them in 20-foot pieces. Okay. What do you do with the leftover when you've taken six three-foot pieces? You now have a two-foot. How do I put it back in inventory? Am I putting it back into the foot? But it came in and it came in in 20-foot lengths, but if I just stock it by the number of feet, well, then I'm going to end up with this leftover that I can't use. I can use it, but how do I account for that? How do I know what's actually in my inventory? And is it cost effective for me to actually know, or is it more cost effective for me to throw it away as much as I hate that for sustainability purposes? So it's just this amazing topic, not even getting into colors, right? Different wire colors, right? If they're different skews, no problem. If somebody's lazy and gives you a wire color and a skew and they go, this one's red and this one's blue, this one's yellow. Now you've got to look at a different dimension of inventory. It's just such a complex topic. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the expertise and the stories from the other panelists because this is really cool stuff to me. I guess I'm just geek and I love being one. Okay. Amazing. Uh, you know, set up there. I absolutely love the story about the lumber and I think we are going to have a little debate there, you know, from everybody's perspective. So number one thing that you mentioned, and, and I am looking for everybody's opinion here in terms of what they think, whether they relate this with the dimensional or matrix inventory, or are they thinking about some other process? So when you talk about lumber industry, and lumber industry is very different in general, the way it works, okay? So if you look at the kind of ERP system it has, the kind of e-commerce systems it has, the kind of, it does not have sort of the CAD because it's probably going to have the BIM system, which is going to have very different BOM that comes out of it that goes to your ERP. And typically the challenge in that industry is that you are probably not going to have as fixed SKU that you can carry in your ERP. So some people might call it as configured to order, but that's not necessarily true either because each of the dimension that you are going to get, it's very, very, very different the way that the bombs look. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second point I'm going to make, Chuck, on your comment is the process that you were describing as part of your summer job. In my mind, that's slightly more nesting. And I don't know how nesting is going to sort of overlay with the dimensional matrix inventory. So, and the third thing that you had mentioned about the leftover inventory, typically that is called the piece inventory. But again, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know whether that correlates with the matrix inventory. So any follow-up commentary there by any chance? Uh, yeah, it depends on how you set up your system. Honestly, you know, when you look at, it, it would just go simple. We look at a length of tube. Yep. Okay. It, very often that's stocked in feet. Yep. Okay. But if you have something else that's in a length and it's stocked in inches, okay, you need to make the conversion in your system. Yep. You're going to use it. You're going to use it in something that it may not be purchased in and your initial inventory. And otherwise you have to convert it when it comes in, when you receive it, you have to, you have to change it, which is of course, extra work yep. when your system can do it on the fly. The trouble becomes depending on how it comes in, you then have these leftover pieces. And that's where less sophisticated systems and less sophisticated companies get into trouble. They get into trouble because they now have to do a workaround. The system doesn't accommodate that. Okay. And it is usable. Okay. But not for everything. Now what? So it doesn't become a, di a different skew or do we put it in another, another variable in the system? Okay. That allows us to identify that as something else. And then we can use the piece parts are from this dimension. Okay. As opposed to, we think only in terms of a single. So it really comes to what's the capabilities of the system and how sophisticated you are in your setup and anticipating these problems, honestly. So it's, it's not co-products, but it's 
of flavor of that. You know, it's a byproduct of waste. You know, it's waste, frankly. So that you want to make usable. Very interesting commentary there. Thank you so much for that. So Abu, I'm coming to you. And industry that you operate in, okay, that's a very interesting industry as well. And um, the reason why I find that specific industry, and this is going to be your food and beverage, agriculture, not so much, I guess, uh, you know, as well as cannabis. And the reason why I find this interesting is because, number one, there are two overlaps, okay? Number one is going to be slightly more overlap with the retail business. And retail business in general are very different from the ER people. In fact, one of the LinkedIn comment recently, I was talking to one guy, and he's like, I have never seen any ERP working in the retail situation over a billion dollars. They explode. It doesn't work. Okay, so the only thing you can do from the ERP perspective is going to be you are simply going to be sending your GL entries. You cannot really have that MRP costing process uh, because the transaction volume is so high. Even systems such as, you know, SAP S4 HANA cannot scale that. Okay, so typically they have very different retail systems. And, you know, Chuck is going to kick uh, get a kick out of this one because those systems are very different. Okay, they are going to have your OMS layer. They are going to have your WMS. They are going to integrate with TMS, but no accounting embedded integration okay <laughs> so it's not a real erp in my mind okay <laughs> and and sharon is probably enjoying this because how do you sort of measure the inventory <laughs> but that's how those businesses are running to be honest okay so they don't know what inventory they have but they are they have been running for last 500 years so abu to you uh, <laughs> do you agree disagree uh, what, what what are your thoughts yeah so some of the challenges you described you know they are relevant challenges um, like I used to work, we did a project for a large scale Canadian retailer and they said if the system say it's below 100, assume it is out of stock, right? So they, their system became inaccurate after a certain defined number. But I'm not sure how that relates to um, dimensional inventory per se. I mean, I, I guess you can bring about, you know, for example, you have each is, you know, at the retail level, but, you know, when you are stocking, for example, juice, for example, right? So you are you're measuring it in liters or um, you know, volume or sometimes kilograms, and then you're packing it into units, and you're reporting that sale as well. Um, but typically, dimensional inventory comes into play more outside of food and beverage uh, business. You know, in, in food and beverage, you know, catch weight is, a, is more of an issue, right? You can perhaps call it dimensional, uh, where, for example, you have a unit of, let's say, you're going to the market and you're buying steak, for example, and, you know, the unit... It's the product skew is, is a stick, but, you know, it can have 9.5 grams or 10 grams or 10.1 and you value it based on the weight. So that that concept, you know, becomes a bit more complicated in the food and beverages, in the meat and the poultry business. That's uh, really where it becomes an issue, um, especially when, you know, you're reconciling afterwards, you buy a chicken and it's more of a reverse bomb and you have to reconcile afterward what's the actual weight, how much you're going to pay uh, your vendors based on the weight while you're buying each of chicken, right? Um, that's where it becomes more complicated in the food and beverage industry. Um, the other thing you described are more of technical challenges. You know, it's a high volume, so you, you, know, so you perhaps need uh, different systems to deal with it. You know, retail business is, has its own very specific uh, needs while you and if you are you a retail only business, do you own the warehouses? Um, you know, is it a vertically integrated business? So that's where those challenges come in in terms of a systems perspective. Uh, you know, retail users system they they generally want to do very simple, right? They the way the head office looks at data and how the retail clerk yep. is looking at it. It's you know, two different things, right? So 
that's where the uh, complicated comes in. But in general, you know, when we hear dimensional inventory, when we're trying to do business transformation, you find, you know, it scares you, right? Because it always has its uh, uh, complications. But some of the interesting uh, scenarios I've run across, you know, is sheet metal. Um, and typically these issues come more downstream in the industry rather than the company actually making those sheet metal, right? Because for them, they're probably doing in typical sizes. You know, they have a fixed size. For them, it's more of a weight issue, right? So you're buying 10, 10 inches of sheet metal, for example, but they are charging you in weight of the sheet metal. It's when you come downstream, now you're using that sheet metal to make, you know, a car, for example, or any other equipment or machinery. Now you have to start tracking that sheet metal. So the most interesting problem, for example, comes in, you only need half a sheet metal to make something, right? So how do you track that inventory? You're going to have each. The standard is, for example, let's say 40 square inch of sheet metal. You only use one third of it, right? So now that's where the complexity starts coming in uh, to manage it. And you need to talk about nesting software. The other, in, um, you know, interesting application comes in is, um, you know, cable rolls. You have a huge cable roll, 500 meter cable roll or 500 feet cable roll, and your retail customer is coming in and you're selling 10, 10 feet each. Right, so now you want to track eaches and how much of that cable roll that each has. Um, you know that becomes tricky, and you you know you typically need uh, specialized software. Then you have additional characteristics to track as well, right? So, for example, in the apparel industry, color, yep. uh, size, manufacturer, brand, and so on. Other interesting examples are, for example, in the pipe industry, we have internal pipe thickness. You have what sort of coating is around the pipe. What's the length of the pipe? Then they also define pipes by ranges, right? So they call a range one pipe, which is bigger in length, and a range two and a range three pipe. So those sort of things really make it complicated to uh, track and measure it. Sometimes if you try to track too much, then it's just too much work for the company itself, right? So they initially they'll want all the tracking system, and then they say it's too much to do it, right? So, so those are the more complex scenarios, you know, that we have come across. Yeah. So very interesting. Sorry, Chuck, you have a comment? No? Okay. Um, so the reason why I had brought uh, the whole uh, retail conversation, I guess, and I completely agree with you, uh, with your comment, that the way the retail organizations are going to look at data is going to be, uh, the headquarter is going to look at the data versus your, the actual store or the POS uh, is going to have very different perspective. Uh, but in the retail organization, somebody, somebody has to plan. Somebody has to ship those pallets. Those pallets need to go at the right time so that you have the right quantity in your retail store. And that's where the whole planning component comes in. Food and beverage, there are some businesses that are going to have very retail flavor if they are very retail centric, if they are distributing in the retail fashion, but not everything. So I guess, you know, for manufacturers, uh, it may not be as big a problem. So I don't know, Abu, if you have any other follow-up commentary there by any chance yeah i mean for manufacturers typically they're supplying to retailers um right so like costco and the walmart of the world and typically they will drive the ordering system uh compared to the manufacturer itself so you know so so it's the data is coming from them for the manufacturer it's not as complicated i guess for them compared to for example walmart where they have thousands of aisles and thousands of products that they have to manage 
and the space requirements and their ability to communicate with all the vendors. That's where the complexity is rather than with the actual manufacturer. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Abu, for that. So, Tom, I am coming to you. And I don't know, I mean, if you're going to have any sort of insight with this business, I know even your, um, in your verticals, I mean, you are probably going to have similar challenges. So whatever insights you might have related to this or any experiences. Yeah, no, I, I do. I really think this is a fascinating topic. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be here with others who have more maybe direct experience than I have. So I've, I've approached this maybe from a little bit more of an academic uh, angle, researching um, how this uh, concept has been defined and how it's been applied. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe a couple of thoughts just on, on fundamentals and then a, a couple of uh, experiences. Um, in terms of the fundamentals, uh, you know, when I first was thinking of this, I said, well, you know, there are, there are aspects of dimensional inventory management that uh, I've seen in even the big ERP systems. But um, this is really way beyond, I think, or it, it can be way beyond what the, the classic SAP or Oracle or uh, big ERP systems are, are able to handle handle well. You know, one, one example from my experience was when I was at GE and we were in the lighting industry and we were handling product that was small incandescent lamps, maybe stacked on a pallet, but you could create a conventional size pallet that could go into a bin in the warehouse and into a truck and you can ship. Um, and, and then there were the long fluorescent tubes. They had to be handled differently. They had to be uh, stored differently. There were not the standard bins that could handle those. Um, they had to be stacked differently because they were long and fairly fragile. Uh, so you couldn't, you had to be careful how you stacked them. And so um, this was handled though within a, a conventional ERP um, by simply defining the warehouse in a certain way and classifying these products in a certain way. And so put away strategies when you'd receive them into your warehouse could be handled without truly complex dimensional inventory capabilities. So that was kind of one of my exposures. And I said, oh, this, this is an interesting topic, but, you know, is it all that complex? And then I started to understand some of the stuff that Abu and Chuck were talking about, where it goes or can go way beyond that level of you know just one physical dimension that drives a certain way of handling inventory um, where you know you get into whether it's the lumber industry or it's the apparel industry or it's the the, the steel industry and again I agree violently with Abu as well it's not really the 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 um, the people all the way up the value chain creating the sheet metal or creating uh, the lumber, that is used then in uh, cabinetry. It, it is the cabinet makers. It is the suit makers in the apparel industry, in my mind, not, not the end retail business. It is the, uh, the, the cutters and shapers of the steel or wire or whatever those, those original raw materials were that have been provided to these intermediary stages in the supply chain. I see, that, I see it as the intermediary members of the supply chain who have to deal with these raw materials that need to be converted from a rather uh, generic form um, to something uh, sellable um, to potentially an end consumer, um, whether that's a, a door or that's uh, a, 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 a piece of metal, a table uh, from a lumber uh, supplier uh, or who has received lumber uh, is converting that into a, a finished product. It's those people who have the challenge of taking that raw generic material in sheets or in 
pipes or in wires and cable or whatever it is and converting it into a finished product and then handling the remnants or drops, as I learned in some people's language, they call it. Um, how did I do I do I put it back in the inventory and how do I if I do, how do I manage that? Right. And so I started to look at different um, different vendors and what they actually offer. And you used the term matrix a couple of times, Sam. And you know, uh, I, I looked a little bit at Epic Core. I looked a little bit at Microsoft Dynamics, right? Uh, I looked a little bit at Infor Visual. And a lot of these people have, you know, a very fascinating concept where an SKU is is kind of a generic, um, and then you can have a matrix of all the different dimensions, maybe lengths of pipe uh, or shapes of material that are either what you bought or what you ended up with after your manufacturing process as remnants that can go back into inventory. And you don't create new SKUs. You don't multiply uh, the number of stock keeping units. You simply have the same unit with maybe three, four, five, ten or more different dimensional attributes that you can C, when you just say, I want to see SKU ABC, and then you see in a matrix form, whether you're looking at from a selling point of view for, for may, maybe selling to uh, 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 an apparel or a retailer, um, you, you know, how many he, he wants to buy, you know, 100 suits uh, and stock that for the coming season. And you have all this raw material. How do you take that and convert it into efficiently into your production orders and can you reuse remnants from prior production orders and integrate that into the process so it was fascinating to see that uh, this is uh, really been a developed technology whether you're running MPS MRP in order to consume more efficiently all of the different forms of dimensions for a particular stock keeping unit or your offering that in the sales module of a lot of these ERP systems etc uh, or it's just, you know, inventory visibility uh, for maybe procurement and reordering that you want to be able to see which 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 types of inventory in terms of the attributes or dimensions you want to keep. So and, and I found it fascinating as well, where Chuck brought up uh, how, how some people are using the dimensional inventory capabilities just because they want to have uh, maybe a smaller number of stock keeping units and they want to you know distinguish still by color or by size, but they're not going to call that a different SKU. So they're going to use this dimensional inventory feature to be able to handle that in, in that way. I, I kind of think that's that's interesting. It's a good application maybe, but those features or those attributes are relatively static. You could probably call that red sweater uh, in size medium a, a completely separate SKU from the red sweater size large from the blue sweater in size medium, right? You could, th those could be, and maybe in many cases are for some businesses, different SKUs, but it looked like from what I could read, some people are using the dimensional inventory capability to keep the number of SKUs limited and be able to have this variety that they can manage. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a good application, I guess, but what I thought was really powerful was where you had the possibility of you know, maybe post-manufacturing remnants where you can't, you know, you can't say it's always going to be two foot of pipe left. It might be four foot. It might be one foot. It might be, you know, half a foot. And you need to make decisions. Am I going to keep that in inventory if I think I can reuse it or not? And so you can upfront predefine what are the different dimensions that, you know, you would find 
or that you would be willing to retain an inventory. Maybe it's, you know, you, you buy, you know, 10 foot of pipe uh, and you're going to say, I'm going to keep, keep everything from one to 10. But if it gets to be only six inches or something, anything that small, I'm just tossing. I'm not going to even keep. But you can you can actually make these decisions in a fairly dynamic way. So it's not like color necessarily. Uh, it can be even more dynamic than that. So this was this is what I found fascinating. And uh, and so I started thinking, you know, it's a little bit like configure to order for a lot of these businesses. They're, they're kind of a make to order business. But the, the way that they configure is not with this static set of materials. It's not just, oh, I've got uh, this software module that I could use or you could use this other one. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not all fixed and predefined, even if that, you know, a lot of configurable businesses, they're, they've got this complexity. This is now even even the inputs are not necessarily all predefined. Um, they, they could be of all different types. So to me, that was this was a fascinating um, exploration. And, and I'll give you my example just to wrap up. Um, I was I was working as a consultant um, and it was on a big SAP ERP implementation and it was at Goodyear. And uh, I was brought in as a WM expert. I was going to figure out how to solve this problem. And their problem was that when you stack tires, um, you know, you can stack two, three, five, ten high. At a certain point, I don't remember what it was, but at a certain point, the tire stack collapses. Its own weight creates a smaller stack that would then allow you to stack more into the same space. So at like 10 high or 15 high, you know, the stack will collapse to about half its height. And, and then you could put more into your truck if you were transporting it or into your warehouse. Um, and so, you know, there, there we were saying, well, boy, this is a fascinating kind of, uh, dynamic dimensional inventory management issue. Um, and we had to cut, uh, ultimately code a custom solution. There was nothing in the ERP solution that could handle something like this, but that was one of my exposures to what I thought of as a, a dimensional inventory challenge. So, but anyway, I love this topic and thanks thanks for inviting me. Yeah, so thank you so much. And I love your example about tires. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yesterday I learned that the packaging process for tires could be even different. So what you are talking about is you are doing the uh, space optimization because of its weight. But one more thing that they can do in the tire industry is that there's going to be a vacuum in between. Okay, so they actually like to put stuff so that the, the, the freight cost is going to be far cheaper. That's even more so that the whole packaging process is completely different. But Tom, do you want to touch on Anders' comment? You know, I'll read it for you. So he's saying Tom's comment on dimensionality for a single skew that might be three to 10 dimensions. Clearly, two dimensions can be shown on a grid. How are all these ERPs displaying four plus dimensions? Tom, uh, you want to test that, and then I'll probably provide some more context there. Uh, so, yeah, again, I'm not going to claim a tremendous expertise in depth here. What I saw when I was exploring this was that, um, uh, you know, you could have multiple dimensions on on one axis um, and uh, different variations within that dimension. So let's just say you had, um, I don't know, a piece of steel. Uh, you bought you bought a certain uh, grade of steel. Um, and uh, it's it's stainless steel. Um, and now you say, well, I, I, they're always bought in standard sheets. I don't know if, if uh, Chuck or Abu was talking about this, but somebody was mentioning, you know, you have typically you have a certain sheet size that you buy. Maybe it's industry standard. 
again, not my not my industry of expertise. Um, but uh, once you start procuring that, you might say that's one SKU that that I don't know eight by eight foot sheet or whatever the size of it is. Um, that's my standard my standard SKU. Now I might for different purposes be cutting it in half um, and using it then maybe in quarters and you know and again I'm going to end up with different remnants or drops from the manufacturing process and I can actually say well for that SKU. Uh, at least one dimension is going to be uh, the the length, and maybe another is going to be the width. Um, and and it's a stainless steel, so I kind of and maybe again I, I don't know the dimension that defined it is stainless steel. That could be another dimension. You could just have steel, I suppose. But but at some point you need to get to a common SKU definition. Um, so that's kind of what I saw. You'd see maybe a, a length width grid, um, but it could be color and size, or it could be a lot of things. Um, again, how one would drill down even further if you had more dimensions. I, all these packages are saying they can do multiple, you know, three, four, or maybe unlimited dimensions. But at, at how you would visualize that, I'm not sure. I think it's a great question from Andrews. You know, what I saw were two-dimensional grids, which really were showing only, only two dimensions per skew uh, with a, a variety of different, you know, types of attributes. Yeah, could not agree more. I, uh, uh, I'm actually going to provide some more historical context there, uh, you know, on this question. And typically you are right. I think there is going to be a little problem when you are going to have more than two or three dimensions. But, you know, the reason why it is called matrix is because it's supposed to be matrix. And, you know, like the, the yeah. way it is shown for the inventory and that comes from the product data management. Yeah, and I can only imagine that you could drill down maybe from that two two dimension grid to see additional dimensions, but it, I don't think you can visualize it very easily, even beyond two. You know, I, visualizing it as a cube of three dimensions to me is it, it's kind of challenging for for the user. Um, but yeah, typically it's going to be a very similar experience as your pivot table. That's how uh, yeah. you know the the systems that are really designed for retail. Makes sense. That's how they are going to do it. Yeah. Um, so Sharon, I know you are going to be uh, touching about number one, the the whole matrix inventory, and I think you do a lot more work. In the retail space, the way retail treats the matrix inventory is very different from manufacturing. These guys have been talking about, you know, manufacturing a lot, but you know, retail is a very different business in general. And the reason why this problem exists uh, overall matrix inventory because in retail you are probably going to have a million SKUs, okay? And if those million SKUs are going to have many different variations, product data management becomes very complex and time-consuming. For example, let's say if you have apparel or shoe and you have, let's say, 1,000 variations of the same style, same color, okay? And if you have to change one property, you are actually going to those 1,000 variation, and you are changing that. So what they do is they are going to have a wrapper, and on top of that, they are going to have four different variables. That is going to be your color, size, uh, season, and based on that, they are going to have, and they have a different concept called PLU, okay? They don't call it SKU, because the pricing is going to be very different, okay, for the inventory. So their planning, merchandising is very different. So over to you, Sharon, whatever you have, uh, you know, you might be able to share related to your experience when it comes to matrix or the dimensional inventory. Okay. Um, I would like to share my experience from manufacturing and warehousing and retail. Okay. So when, when you manufacture something and then you have uh, three different sizes, say, posted, um, you manufacture a big sheet. And then cut as your demand comes up. You don't you don't produce that item until you know closer to that month or you know two months. Then you cut that inventory. 
Um, that's just rule of thumb. And I go back to Chad mentioned about, you know, lumbers, things like that. When you're a manufacturer, things may, you know, you know, you have a three meters left, but you cannot just cut two meter here and a one meter there. It really depends your um, process. What does that make sense to your business? If it's, it spends so much time to measure it out and cut it out, forget about it. You know, you just have to count that cost. Say if you are cutting four meters out of a five meter lumber, you just have to discard that one meter or you can resell, repurpose things some ways. Don't try to make the process too complex. It doesn't, it, 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 it does it, it like profit wise, it does not benefit the business. Um, so like back to Abuka's, um, I butchered his name, I think. Abu, uh, everybody calls him Abu. <laughs> Abu, about brewage, drink and brewage, you know, like in the restaurant, the thing is like you just have to know, like I say, if you have 10 chicken and or 10 gallons of beer, then you know, like in the end of the day or in the end of the month, how much is actually used and how much was sold then that difference is your waste. And then you have to manage that waste. You just have to look at the bigger picture to manage that you lost. Don't make it complex again. You know, it is what it is. You just have to know it's a spell or if it's what happened to it. And so you can manage. Um, so when it comes to uh, wholesale and shipping, it's always a problem with limited space. So in terms of dimension, you have to consider is that bigger size of item is more profitable or smaller size of the item is more profitable. You have to find your mix, that balance to maximize your content space. Um, in warehouse, the same thing, like you cannot just rely on the system. You have to look at, like say, if you're cutting, I don't know, fabric. And as Chad said, you can have like inches, meters, or different type of metric me measurement. So in the end of that roll of that fabric, just that much is wasted. So cutting cable is the same thing. Sometimes you cut so much and then you left this much and then you cannot reuse it. Now, Rule of thumb is that you have to be able to visualize, you know, the person who is managing the inventory will be able to personally, physically in the warehouse. Because sometimes you have to cut two rows at the same time. Some are longer, some are less. And you need to know how many full rows uncut is there. So you know in the future demand how to utilize the uncut rows. So you cannot just rely on that systems say there's 10,000 meters, but actually it, it does not fulfill your whole order. Does that make sense? So that you you can, I recommend not to cut multiple rolls at the same time to waste all the, you will have a, so much receipt in the end of the day. So you just cut one roll and then you know in the end when, when you when you fulfill the order, you may have, you know, one meter left, you know, half meter left, and then you know that's you know, then you open the second row. Don't cut multiple rows. Yeah, so very interesting commentary. In fact, you are bringing a very interesting layer there as well, okay? The dimensions that are going to be relevant for marketing are going to be very different. The dimensions that are going to be 
relevant for merchandising is going to be very different. The dimensions that is going to be relevant for a shop floor guy is going to be very different. But the most important point that you mentioned is the freight and the warehouse. Okay, for warehouse, it's a very different dimension. For freight, it's a very different. So how do you manage all of this? Uh, Sharon, when you are talking about sharing of item master. Uh, manage that, first of all, you got to know your, you know, uh, again, my favorite topic, the email forecast. Um, you just have to manage that expect manage that expectation you know like i say instead of looking at how how much you can squeeze in that container you have to look at how much profit you are squeezing in that container if that makes sense yeah that's the goal okay um and then the second thing is that some of the uh, business they do customized order okay so the customized order you have to be very careful that um when 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 you are loading the container it could go very messy <laughs> so you have uh, uh, it, it would be it would be ideal to have one supplier or or a place a professional loader that can load your container that's number one. So they know where the things go. So when you are finding your stuff, you gen you have a general idea where the things are. Okay. And especially the special order, you have to make sure every step there's a mark or you know, barcode or something to make sure that specific order is intact. So you don't lose the order for your client. Um when it comes to uh the other end. You need to make sure that you lay the inventory out before accounted and before going to the warehouse. You have to have that space and time to count those inventory before you it's process. You're receiving correctly, especially specialty order, um, so that each step of the manufacturing and the shipping and warehousing, you don't lose your client stuff. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sharon, for that. Uh, Chuck, I'm coming to you. Comments over comments. Any stories? Oh, I've got a story. Uh, and I think you're going to like where this one goes. Um, I, I'll save it for the punchline and the closing comments. There's a couple of things that just popped into my mind as we're going through this. And, and it's so often we ter we think in terms of arithmetic, okay? Or we think in terms of variation. And I'm using my Apple Pencil here. but you know, it's not just about how much I'm going to use. Okay. If I need to make something that's this long and say, I'm going to machine it. It's important to understand that in order to machine this, something's got to grab it. All right. And it takes X number of length for you to grab it. Now, if I make 20 pieces out of a single piece of stock, I'm going to have a certain amount of waste in that, in that length. If I make two pieces out of it, I only need the same amount of lengths to grab it. So I'm actually going to have a whole lot less waste depending on how I do it. That's one example. But now when we get into this matrix inventory, when you add a new dimension, there's one with which I have direct experience called, it's the performance. Working in semiconductors manufacturing, it's actually extraordinarily cool. When the when the devices come out, the semiconductors are made, they kind of come out, there's kind of a performance curve, you know, like this is kind of where you think they want to perform, but they might be over here or over here. And there are fewer and fewer that perform kind of out on the Every one. And if you make you make these things that come on a disc and you'll get all kinds of different performances out of one disc, out of one wafer. And then they say, OK, this one meets this criteria and this one meets this criteria and this one meets this criteria. And it's called binning. Interestingly enough, their performance may overlap. So what happens is normally we think, well, I need one of these and it has these characteristics. Not in this case. 
if I need these characteristics, I can use one of these or I can use one of these. Either one works. And the real nightmare when you get down to inventory planning, because most of the time when we're talking about inventory planning, most, we're talking about arithmetic. You do inventory planning for semiconductors, it's statistic. Is your ERP sophisticated enough to do statistical inventory? Because you may think you've got it all planned out. And when you get there, reality doesn't match statistical model. And now you're in an inventory stockout with a really long cycle time to produce replacement wafers, hoping you can get something in that performance range that you need. And it's a really complex model. And so that binning into performance, it's another dimension. They're eaches. They may be a single skew. Okay. They're all the same dimension. The color is irrelevant. They look the same, but they're not. It's a performance dimension. It's not physical. So there's just so many aspects to this that just can be, they just honestly, they're mind blowing. And it's just really important that when you're looking at an ERP system, that you tell your consultant about all your workarounds, all the things that you haven't been able to quantify on your spreadsheet. Something just makes it, well, I can do this, but then this happens sometimes and blah, 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 blah. Because that's where it's going to get you in your planning. That's where it's going to get you in your requirements, um, you know, gathering. Is all these things that are coming up. Oh, well, we forgot to tell you about that. Okay. Change order. <laughs> God help you all. Yeah, I was going to say mind blowing, but you stole my word. So I'm going to say speechless with that story. Thank you so much, Chuck, for that. <laughs> uh, Abu, comments over comments, any stories? Um, I mean, I think it's just dimensional inventory is, you know, always complex. And it's always um, exciting to deal with. Uh, we were, you know, just yesterday we were talking to a prospect and they are in tobacco industry and they have these boxes of tobacco. Uh, you know, they, they'll bring it to the machine use the tobacco and then if there's leftover they'll you know they'll take it back. So now they need location control, they need box and how much is in that box, right? So that becomes another aspect um, of dimensional inventory. So it's always fun and exciting to deal with this new different kinds of issues. One of the things I think Tom was mentioning and in my experience, you know, uh, the dimensional inventory what I've seen is you know, this, the groups or the dimensions, they are mostly used for reporting purposes, right? So, you know, you can have five dimensions or six dimensions on a product, and they're mostly, you know, I want to see how much a certain pipe thickness sold, for example, or how much did I sell red color T-shirt? And that's where those dimensions come in rather than visually laying it out uh, and selecting it. I, I mean, maybe Chuck's uh, experience is different, but that's how uh, I have seen it. And then just tying into that statistical you know, planning, you want to sometimes plan that I'm going to order red color shirts of this size and this brand throughout, right? You want to look at a certain dimension of the product and then those systems, they allow you to, to do MRP planning, MPS planning, or uh, just purchase planning based on a certain product attribute rather than by a SKU, right? Um, because sometimes if you're making red shirts, you know, it's better to make red shirts and red sweaters and red, you know, things together rather than, you know, just changing or switching. Uh, that makes them over. Um, but overall, you know, I find dimensional inventory very complex, very interesting. Yeah, could not agree more. Thank you so much, Abu, for that. Tom, comments over comments, any stories? I gave you my key story. Uh, well, my two my two stories, you know, with fluorescent tubes and uh, Goodyear tires. But um, uh, maybe two quick comments. One is, um, and it maybe feeding off of what Abu said a moment ago, too, about reporting and analytics. When I first started looking at this and thinking about it, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about dimensions and attributes in a business intelligence sense from a reporting and analytics point of view. And that, that's legitimate and it's important. But what I 
believe is fascinating about this topic and this forum we have today is the operational integration of dimensions and attributes into business processes and how ERP systems can support that. To me, that's what's really interesting or even exciting about the topic. Um, and whether it's MPS, MRP, uh, ATP, whatever the, the business process is for sales or procurement or manufacturing, that's taking into account these dimensions. Um, that's where I think the power lies. And, and the second comment what I wanted to make was, this is the first time, Sam, I've always been a big advocate of uh, some of the big ERP systems, and most of my experience has been with those. But this was the first time where I, I really felt like the little guys have a niche that they can exploit here. This is challenging, specialized capabilities that the big guys have either just ignored or just said, hey, man, it's too hard and we're not going to invest in that. Um, so, you know, a lot of these smaller players, I think, have a legitimate case. And for anybody in these apparel industries, woodworking, metal cutting, all of these spaces that we've talked about today, they really need to good, take a good hard look beyond the big guys and the traditional powerhouses in ERP and look at people who can offer these kinds of capabilities that we've been talking about. This is, this is really different. So that was my other comment or observation. Amazing insight. Thank you so much, Tom, for that. Sharon, comments over comments? Any stories? Uh, comments, I would say reuse the material that uh, you call the waste or extra. For example, the woodworking or metals, you can convert that dimension from, from dimension, you know, one meter, two meters to by the weight because, you know, the density is the same. You can reuse it or remelt it and reform it. Um, don't waste it. And that's still easy converting the system, you know, accurate. Amazing insight there. Thank you so much, Sharon, for that. So we are going to touch on this comment and Chuck, I'll let you respond to this. I'm pretty sure you are going to have some uh, insights there. So I'll, I'll read it for you. Uh, Anders is saying, especially given that getting a run of chips done starts at a million dollars uh, for the first wafer, and that's exactly right, uh, that performance distribution analysis is going to be critical. Check over to you. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a couple of ways of looking at that. So it, it's like everything. So your initial development cost is literally just millions or millions of dollars on that. And um, the distribution analysis is critical. The beautiful part is, is that as the product life cycle matures, the yield typically, so the yield loss for a semiconductor will typically increase. Okay. It will definitely go through its ups and downs. Mm -hmm. The beautiful part is it will increase and in theory it will become more predictable. So the di distribution analysis, I mean, the statistics are, are crucial. Um, but they do become better over time. That's the amazing. Anybody else has any comments on this question by any chance? Open floor. Okay. If not, uh, Abu, do you have anything? Uh, no, I'm good. Go okay. Uh, then we'll take closing advice. Uh, Chuck, uh, closing advice, please. And we have five minutes, so you can take lo long closing advice, I guess, today. <laughs> I don't even need to be long, honestly. I know, and I'm pretty long-winded. The beautiful part is, is all these things that I've done with you, Sam, I will say this is the first one that's illustrated this so elegantly. There has never been a topic that I've experienced with you and these panels and others that more clearly illustrates how important it is that when you're picking your system, building on what Tom said, when you're picking your system and when you're picking your consultant, how crucial it is that they are from your tribe. 
yeah. that they know your language, that they know your unique set of problems. The, the, the things about food, I never even gave the chickens a, a second thought, for goodness sake. Thank you, Abu. You gave me a new dimension on dimensional inventory. I mean, it's just thank you. Um, it's so, and, and you may never, if to the extent anyone ex understood my comments on semiconductors, you may not have ever understood that. It's never been more clear in a topic. Get someone from your tribe. It will save you a ton of money. Could not agree more. Thank you so much, Chuck, for that. Abu, closing advice, please. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll echo Chuck's comments. Um, you know, it's definitely very important to choose the right ERP systems. Um, dimensional inventory is complex. And, you know, believe it or not, not every system can handle that for, for a specific type of industry. The other thing that I find is also do an analysis, like, is it worth the effort to track all those dimensions? Or, you know, for example, in sheet metal, if the overall wastage is low or it's not that complex to um, manage, some people just you know, might like track just the square footage, for example, and then they'll write up or down. So based on those decisions, criticality to your business in terms of dollar value impact, um, you know, make those decisions and make sure you choose the right system and the right team. Amazing advice. Thank you so much, uh, Abu, for that. Tom, closing advice, please. Well, one of my bits of advice, I guess, was about the selection of ERP. And I think Chuck built on that, as he said. Um, so that, that would be one of my comments to reinforce. Um, the other thing, I think maybe, again, more of an observation is that um, I have a sense that the, the uh, relevance of dimensional inventory is not necessarily black and white by industry. It is more of a spectrum. I think, it, you know, it goes to even to your point, Sam, like if you want to avoid an explosion of SKUs, um, even if you don't necessarily have uh, dimensions that are dynamic, they're really relatively static. But you, that's one of the, a key success factor for your business operations, you know, managing, limiting, uh, handling uh, just the, the, the product master and the maintenance of the product master, um, then, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a case that could be made to say, hey, dimensional inventory and this kind of management of a, of a SKU and its dimensions is potentially relevant, even if it's not a traditional or, you know, a, a target industry for some of the businesses or these, these ERP suppliers that, that they have, you know, been thinking, like we've been talking in, in steel cutting or, or, um, or, or woodworking. Um, so I, I think there's potential relevance. It's kind of opened my mind up. Potential relevance to some of these capabilities beyond the traditional applications. Um, and so I think you know people should keep an open mind to the use of these capabilities and, and be willing to explore that even in maybe industries that haven't traditionally embraced this kind of functionality. It's, it's, I think it's been a great great conversation. Okay, amazing advice there. Thank you so much, Tom, for that. Sharon, closing advice, please. Um, my advice is to wholesale and retail retailers. Um, there are so many ERP or inventory management systems can give you, you know, dimensional inventory management, like colors and sizes, things like that. It's very, in, in my view, is pretty much standardized for the retail and the wholesalers. So what I'm trying to say is that you have to look at your business. It, does that really make sense? You have so many options, okay? Um, now, it's great, you know, you can offer your customers different options, colors and sizes, but the more dimension you have, the more management 
effort or resource you need to put into. You have to find that balance. Make sure that your your business is profitable. Okay, could not agree more. Thank you so much for uh, that advice. On that note, that's it for today. If you join for the first time, this was part of our digital transformation series for which we meet every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another topic. On that note, thanks everyone for tuning in tonight. Okay, thank you. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Chuck Coxhead, head over to turnkeytech.com. It's C-O-R-N-K-E-Y-T-E-C.com. If you want to learn more about Abu Asif, head over to pennymanagement.com. It's P-A-N-N-I. M-A-N-A-G-E-M-E-N-T dot com. If you want to learn more about Sharon Custer, head over to inventoryoptimization.pro. It's I-N-V-E-N-T-O-R-Y-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N dot pro. If you want to learn more about Tom Rodden, follow and connect with him on LinkedIn. Links and more information will also be available on the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Hugo Funtes, who shares the nuances of inventory turnover and how that could help optimize the inventory and cash flow. Also, the interview with Mike Ryan, who discusses how to do sales and operations planning appropriately for a growing business. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.